Julie Lamb. Hi, Julie. Great to meet you. So tell us, Julie, how did you start this, um, working with this, I guess, starting in NFTs, period. How did you start starting this space, in the tech space? Wow, thank you so much for asking that question. I've been involved in the tech space since back before when like, you know, beta was going to be the big thing, you know, <laughs> you know we're going to, everything's going to be on beta, which, you know, it turned out not to be, it was VHS and then it's digital, but you know, the tech space, I'm like a, I'm a tech geek. I love technology. I love digital. Um, I like being able to share things digitally. I like the idea of speed and, um, you know, uh, ease of use, of course, as we have but let's go back a little sooner. In 2017, I bought Ethereum during a price time between like April and June. So we're talking like it was under $100, like 70 something. And then it went up to like 200 and something. And then I put it on a ledger and I forgot about it. And then jump into, I don't know, I guess a little short of a couple of years ago, a friend of mine's son purchased a real Banksy, an actual real Banksy piece of artwork. And they took that real piece of artwork and, and they made a digital photograph of it and um, created an NFT. And then that uh, person, my, my friend's son, they don't want to be doxxed, so I'm not going to say who they are. <laughs> um, they took that real piece of artwork and physically burnt it but did it on site with a lot of press and publicity to actually talk about what NFTs are. And so the piece of Banksy, that actual piece of artwork, was removed from ever being a real piece of artwork made into a digital piece of art. And then, um, you know, I, of course, understood what NFTs are because I've been in the space. And then a few months later, Gary Vaynerchuk came out with his project, VFriends. And I had already, I was a little ahead of the curve. I had already bought some cryptocurrency. I'm playing with a little bit of house money. I had already had a ledger. I already understood a little bit about what NFTs were. Of course, we're all learning as we go, right? And I bought into his project. So I ended up picking up a couple of V friends and supporting the idea of what PFP projects were or JPEGs were for NFTs. But you know, as we discussed before, I'm really a musician by trade. And the idea of being able to use Web3 and intellectual property ownership into legacy building for artists is something that really, for me, gets my juices flowing. And when we talk about artists, typically, we don't think much past when we sell our piece, if it's a piece of music or a piece of artwork. Once it's gone and it goes into the new owner's hands, a lot of times we don't think about the idea of royalties unless we happen to be in a position where maybe an agency or in a musician's place, like a record label, shares with them about publishing and royalties and what this means. So a level of education teaching artists that when we create art, we can create generational wealth if we retain some level of ownership. So with Web1, uh, I always like to bring it back to the basics. Web1, when we hear these terms like Web3, okay, let's just go back to Web1. Web one is reading and writing. That was your typical back in the day, your AOL, when you had your email or your Yahoo or your Hotmail. You were reading, you were writing, you were reading articles online. Web two was the addition, besides reading and writing, another layer of reading, writing, and now social. Now you had your MySpaces, your Facebooks, now your Instagrams, your Snapchats, your TikToks that have come along. Web three is that additional layer on top of which is reading, writing, social, 
and a level of ownership. And what does that mean for creatives? So for creatives, one myself, I love the idea of being able to create a piece of artwork, if it happened to be, again, visual, sonic, or we can even go further. It doesn't even have to be a piece of artwork. It just can be a smart contract. Maybe it's a, um, a you know, the, the contract of the ownership of a home, which, um, you know, takes it away from the idea of artwork. But if you're in the contract of ownership, no matter how many times that piece of entity, as we would call it, or artwork is sold, you as the original curator of it can own a percentage of that as long as it's written into the original smart contract, which creates generational wealth and legacy, unlike any other time when it's put into the hands of the creative. So it's really mind-blowing knowing what this new wave of Web3, DeFi, you know, the idea of using cryptocurrency as not only a form of, uh, I guess, a form of currency, along with an, a deliverable and or a distribution channel and knowing that um, entities can be built on them and used is mind-blowing. That's amazing. So you start out as a, as a musician yeah. and, then, and then you transcend it into the NFT space due to royalties. And a lot of people don't really understand royalties because of the entertainment industry you are in, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you were in that space where you understand that SAG and AFSHA and BMI and all that stuff. You fell in love with this space because of that um, ability. Yeah. To when I came, I was, I went to music school in Texas um, right after high school. I went from the Southwest up to Texas and then I ended up finding my way to New York. And while I was studying music, I went to Europe and started working collections in Europe. I was a little too large at, at a size six, which is ridiculous to think about. Um, was a little too large to work the collections either in Paris or at the time the idea of New York. Um, and then my agency that had found me uh, at music school had said, well, you know, if you go over to Europe, you're going to be able to not only find great music over there that you can study, but you're going to be able to maybe work the collections in Italy and Germany. So what I did is every time I would leave on break, I would go work fashion collections as a fashion model or as a human hanger, as I like to call it, because that's all you really are in fashion is you just show up, you shut up, you do your job, you wear the collections and hopefully you don't change your size and, and or your look too much. At the time, changing what you looked like was not really it was kind of frowned upon unless you were Linda Evangelista, who at the time, you know, she loved changing her look. And when I left um, uh, Texas at, right after music school, because I studied music and marketing and ended up coming to New York City and I went to a number of agencies. I knew I wanted to work um, in a job during the day that allowed me the opportunity to um, not blow out my voice because I was going to be playing gigs and doing music stuff at night and recording. So it made sense instead of doing the opposite where I got a bartending job to support my music, I ended up getting jobs in fashion and working with some really big fashion houses as their in-house models. So working with Bergdorf Goodman, Brunello Cuccinelli, Saks Fifth Avenue, some Le Copan, some really big brands that I really, I've been a part of their really from conception to completion, watching how these couture collections were designed, curated, and went from implementation to actually sitting on a shelf for sale in a lifestyle type of environment, especially the Brunello Cuccinelli and Le Copan lifestyle, because it started with a castle in Solomeo, Italy, with Brunello Cuccinelli designing his whole brand and collection around the town in Solomeo. So as someone who was an artist, here I am as a musician selling songs at three and a half minutes, watching a real couture you know, designer design collections and bring it you know from conception to actual market and so i got this real great real real training of how to take 
something from a grassroots level and bring it to market. And what did that mean in a in the process of lifestyle? So being a BMI, you know, part of my publishing was with BMI and then ASCAP for music. So I was starting to really understand what it meant as an artist to own the work that you're creating. But as a model, you just, like I said, you just show up, you shut up, you do your job, you're a human hanger. You don't really have an opinion. You wear the clothes. You're just, you're a blank canvas for artists to be able to create on. Now, when you think about it with Web3, what if you as either a fashion designer and or a model, you actually own your intellectual property or a fraction of that that you're going out, you're working with. You know, as a designer, once you sell a piece of clothing and it's gone and it's now in your customer's you know, closet, unless you bring them on your lifestyle brand with you, um, you may never see that. You want that customer to come back, but you may never see them again. They might only have one of your pieces. You want their whole closet to be full of your collection. And what if as a model, you take one picture. Once you're done with that picture, if you don't own a portion of that, it's gone forever. Now that person might be your fan, but now the idea of either fractionalized ownership or intellectual property ownership using smart contracts opens up the possibility of artists and people who are true creatives. Because even though models are blank canvases, they're still artists in their own right. So now when you think about ballet dancers and people who it's only their performance, what if their performance is now captured? And that captured performance is sold and they can own a portion of that sold um, performance through the idea of an NFT or in the future, what about the metaverse? So let's say we um, curate a fashion collection together. It's your collection. You put me on as a model. We decide to do a partnership now. I'm gonna show your collection because I'm the hanger that you like. You're the designer that makes the collection and we're doing a partnership. What if that partnership transcends from in real life to metaverse? And you know, so many people are spending all this time in the metaverse, right? They're spending 18 to 20 hour days with their Oculus goggles on, behind the computer, playing games, being you know avatars in Decentraland or playing in the idea of sandbox or crypto voxels, or again, just going into these new and unusual worlds through their um, metaverse goggles, specifically through Oculus, like I'm you know, speaking about. Some of us, when we want to dress our avatars, we'd like our avatars to be something completely different than us. Maybe we want our avatars to be you know, an alien or, um, you know, some kind of reptile or something that is unusual and amoeba-like or maybe a total different animal than we are. Most of us really like dressing something similarly. You find maybe people will dress their children similar to them or maybe they dress their dog similar to them. So now when you think about this, I'm bringing it back to the designer model thing. What if we've now collaborated and now we're partners in this new collection that you have Let's say the collection becomes something that you get pulled on like Gucci. Gucci, when you go buy a piece of their artwork or a piece of their collection, some of the items that they have, they offer the opportunity to now own a piece of that same collection in the metaverse. So you can dress your avatar just like you in real life, but now you're using that in the metaverse. And we can live in these tiny little studio apartments in New York City, but in the metaverse, we can have grand, palatial condos where we can invite all of our other friends from all over the world to come into that space in the metaverse and join us. But we don't want our avatars to not be clothed. We don't want the walls in our metaverse space to not have artwork on it. We want to meet our friends from all over the world in these grandiose living rooms or 
kitchens or you know eating places that we might have in the metaverse and we want to have those same collections if i've got a gorgeous pair of gucci glasses or the collection that maybe you and i had collaborated on or of course maybe we want 360 magazine to be sitting on our coffee table or maybe in our picture frames we want these gorgeous really beautiful fabulous you know images in these picture frames in the metaverse we're able to do that now and bring our in real lifestyle into this space that we can share virtually with our friends from all over the world. Now we're not limited to space and time, getting on a plane and having to show up and being at someone's house. Nothing replaces in real life stuff. But now you see that a model who typically may never have had a level of ownership can actually in the metaverse, when this piece of artwork or this piece of clothing gets sold or that image of that model, the model's face, the model's body gets sold in the metaverse, the model can retain a portion of ownership. It's mind-blowing when you think about the possibility that Web3 brings to artists. Oh yeah. So Julie, uh, I just had a quick question for you, just given your background in the creative space and being an artist uh, and also a human hanger, as you described. Uh, do you see yourself going into uh, the fashion uh, space within uh, the metaverse and uh, digital currencies as such as Gucci and Balenciaga and these major fashion brands? I really liked being a part of fashion. I will always be a part of fashion. Friends of mine who are designers, hairstylists, young upcoming artists. I have um, a big part of what I support in the space is um, new and young collections. I like doing it. You know, I, I'm not someone who said in the fashion that, oh, I won't get up unless I'm making $10,000 a day. Um, I'm someone who I really like supporting the creative. So I have friends who will come with their new collections and say, we want you to, you know, be the, um, the final piece in walking because they just know that with almost six feet tall and square shoulders and at the age of 54 now, which is awesome that I can say how old I am and not have to lie. Like models always like lie by like five or 10 years to get work. <laughs> and guess what? I don't care. Like you either want me and want me. when I get on stage, everybody's watching. So if you're going to put something on me, you're going to make sure everybody in that place is going and not only are they going to be watching, this is something that I know about being an artist and being a musician. It's about that visceral reaction that we can have. So when it comes to fashion, I apply those same techniques when I'm on stage. I want to feel the audience breathe. I want them to go, ah, oh. because I'm only a vessel, even though I know when it comes to music or even fashion, people think it just stops with the artist. I'm, I'm this portal. I know that I'm a vessel that allows things to come through. So for me with NFTs, I started collecting them, like I mentioned, a couple of years ago, and I have over 300 of them now in my collection. I collect really new art and I collect some blue check projects because I do believe in them. I like young art. I like young NFT, kids NFT artists. And I do like people that are getting into the space that are new and trying to make it happen. I always support and elevate women's voices. I will always support women in the arts. I'll support our LGBTQ community. I will always support people who are thinking outside the box that don't live in this limited space of, I have to be somebody because people expect me to be that person. I'm like, I'm a magical unicorn. And today I am going to be a magical unicorn. I'm the person, I'm that one friend that'll be like, right on. You are a magical unicorn. All right, let's go. Cause I'll bring right. the best in you. And then maybe it's, maybe it's a little selfish of me. Then if all of a sudden it turns out that you're not a magical unicorn, then that's a decision that you made. Cause I've always believed that you can be the best you can 
when you make that we're going to fail right we're going to and we're going to fall down and we're going to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps but that doesn't mean that you're not a magical unicorn it just means maybe you're a magical unicorn that you know rolled your hoof for a second and you stumbled and then you picked yourself back up and straighten that you know that horn and you just keep moving so um nfts then let's jump to how i got involved being an executive producer in events i was so blessed to be asked to participate in trade shows and events along the way, work with uh, clients that showed at places like Macworld and CES and Adobe and Auto Show. Really had the opportunity to work with corporate entities and seeing again, how they went from conception to completion. And I mean, when you work with these major brands, it's so, all in one year, there I was working with Ford Motors and Ford Modeling Agency. It was the craziest thing I'm like, wait, and the. The modeling agency, they didn't want to know that I was doing anything with like trade shows and trade shows didn't want to know anything other than the fact that like I actually could do my job and show up on time. So these two worlds were really far apart. Then when you get into the NFT world, creatives, corporate world and everything, they start really aligning. And in um, for many years, I was producing events. And of course, with 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 music, you're always producing an event. You're producing it for that evening. You pick up, you leave, you go to the next city. You pick up, you leave, you go to the next city. So in November, when after we were decimated in New York City with COVID, we got decimated. I mean, I, I lost 11 people, some family members, friends of mine. I mean, we still, the pandemic is still around us. People are learning how to live with it and making lifestyle choices that work for them and their families so they can mitigate some of the risks. I was blessed enough to be asked to take a meeting with NFT NYC in between the time of like us getting decimated with with, uh, uh, you know, the pandemic. So many of my friends moved out of the city and they flat left New York. I mean, we have we had restaurants and, and shops that were just in many cities all over all over the world, just, you know, gone, like vacated. And friends of mine left New York City like, she's done, I'm leaving, I'm going to my second or third home, I'm moving to the hills, I'm moving to the oceans, I'm moving to someplace outside of the city, I'm, being, I'm not being around people. New York City is over. And I kept saying, no, no, she's not over. She's never over. Don't mm -hmm. bet against New York City, she's coming back. And what does she's it mean? Ending. It's gonna be young, it's gonna be green, it's gonna be something unique. Something unique is gonna come yeah. to the city and take over. These office buildings that got vacated by big buildings that big businesses that realized that people could work from home guess what those those entities they're not going anywhere they're going to turn into live work environments there's going to be individual grocery stores and gyms and people are going to live in them they're going to be live work environments it's going to be young rents are going to go down prices are going to go down and when nft nyc came in in november i knew that it was really my opportunity to give back to new york city what she's given to me for 33 years which is the belief that you can be anything you wanna be when you come to the city. So I threw myself on the mercy of them and said, I will do anything for you. I will help organize, I will do something. And what it turned into be, my middle name became Can You. So it became Julie Can You. And um, I brought in 15 managers and over 125 volunteers to facilitate a successful event. And you, as I will tell you, I made sure at least half of the people that came in were women. At least half of the people who came in in management and our volunteer positions were part of underserved communities that could learn how to actually fish and learn what it meant to work in Web3, DeFi, and this new space. And when you volunteer or you're managing teams of people, you learn trial by fire. And 
why not jump right into the frying pan if you're not the frying pan into the fire and learn about nfts and the space and boy we really got not only did we get an education but we helped regen re like re ignite um the the space and that in the middle of times square that really needed that juice like rejuice up the environment i had the manager of the edison hotel come to me in the morning after about the three third day that we were there with tears coming out of his eyes saying to me and it, you guys it still gets me electric on my skin to think about this he said i just want to thank you for the very first time in two years my break room is full of people that i'm putting to work two years ago i had to tell people that have been with me for 40 years that i wasn't going to be able to employ them anymore and now I brought them back, our chambermaids, our security staff, our desk team, our reservations agents, our, it, it, I, you know, he was crying telling me, our employees now have the opportunity to have food on the table and gifts underneath their holiday tree for their families. And, you know, I knew that we did the right thing by that. And I even had fraternal order of police coming up to me in the middle of Times Square, hugging me and saying, thank you so much. I see how much you guys as a team are putting on and making this work and bringing NFTs to New York City. And you know, my now because I get to work overtime, my wife can put food on the table and buy gifts for our kids for the holidays, which made me realize I was on to something and doing the right team, doing the right thing with teams that I was able to build and reshare the narrative because I didn't like the idea of 16% of the new market is only women or it's white male privilege. I'm like, what does the color of somebody's skin matter? And realistically, what is it? What does my gender matter? What does my sexual orientation matter? And at this point, at 54, I'm really learning there's ageism out there. And what does age matter? You know, I bring so much to the table at 54. What do you mean, like, oh, well, she's some, you know, older person or, you know, bringing people back from retirement? If I'm going to work in the, like, in the frame of kids and kids in the NFT space, I better go into that population who maybe, retired at the age they thought they should, but when they got there, they realized that they really wanted to be back in the workforce. They have something to really give. Someone who's 66 is still, we're, we're living longer. We're living into our 80s and our 90s. Someone who's 66 is still a baby. There's uh -huh. So bringing them back into the space and teaching them about Web3 generational wealth legacy, it really is a big deal. So, and then I was asked to be the executive producer of Miami NFT Week. And we successfully had 4,000 people come through the door, 3,000 people live stream, and we had almost 300 speakers on stage, which were extremely knowledgeable, valuable resources in their own sphere. And then I realized with the help of Jimmy Buffett and Mayor Adams and knowing that like this city of New York City, we really want to bring in the crypto Web3 DeFi space. That's how NFT VIP was born. And it was about finding those pillars of strength that just hadn't been noticed completely yet in the nft space such as music again bubbling under bubbling over starting to but still musicians hadn't completely adopted this space as we really want them to like um artists or the you know the profile pictures or jpegs have so we've got for me it's music it's about fashion it's about tax law marketing it's about understanding blockchain b2b and b2c how can we use these new tools for being able to share wealth and knowledge with each other in a friendly, kind, supportive way. It, there's no other place like this. So if I'm going to speak up, I will always speak up and elevate women's voices 
and those underserved communities, teaching them about the space so they can then teach me something that I might not know. That's why it's important for me to maintain being a vessel. And it's no different me being a musician or someone in fashion as a human hanger or being an executive producer at an event. I'm a vessel for a message. And for me, the message this season is NFT VIP that's at Margaritaville, June 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. We have some awesome speakers coming. We have the stylist for Janet Jackson, Wayne Scott Lucas, and Tina Turner. We have Mark Seliger. He shoots for GQ, uh, Vanity Fair, the Oscars, the Rolling Stone. Um, and we have a um, New York Fashion Week BLK version with um, Shakita Garcia. She's part of um, uh, the Modern Housewife New York, um, and she designs all these colorful collections. I always believe in supporting artists that um, have a very colorful, um, you know, vision of where we're going to go. Because I love the, I just love the idea of color. Maybe being a natural redhead, and I stand out. Like, if you want to be loud, be loud. If you want to be soft, you can be soft. You can be anything you want. I love teaching people how uh, the right things to do so they build a business. You know. How do they create an LLC? How do they make that work for them? What kind of protection is that for them? You know, and you know, why not teach people what it means about tax or how they can use blockchain for B2B? We signed on Crypto Mondays um, on June 20th. They're coming in for a, a couple of hours. They're having a delightful Crypto Mondays talk with Andrew Yang. He was a presidential candidate. He also ran for the mayor for New York. And they're coming in, they're talking. They're bringing in almost 500 people that are venture capitalists, that are family agencies. How awesome is it that an, a young NFT artist that's traveling from out of state gets to come, speak on stage, do some meditation, and meet someone who's a venture capitalist or someone from a family agency from Crypto Mondays? Nice. Because um, I know I spoke to you before, and you know we covered NFT, .LA and .New York City. Yep. So, um, so um, being there and being one of those people, a, a part of the underserved, representing the publication that represents, you know, a huge population of, of those. What did you feel that you needed to uh, do with the NFT uh, VIP space that wasn't already that hasn't already been done? What can we expect from you? Uh, you know, I think that talking about uh, the like the pillars that I mentioned, making sure that we can talk. Um, music, that we can talk fashion, that we can talk marketing, that we can talk tax, that we can talk law, that we can have real conversations that are stimulating about blockchain B2B. And moreover, besides all of this, like a lot of these events are very spread out. You know, at NFTLA, fun event, everyone had a great time. I believe in real life events are the modern day going and traveling and seeing a band. Back in the day, if you remember before the pandemic, maybe we went and we went around with the Dave Matthews band, or if you listen to the Grateful Dead, or you traveled around and you saw from band to band. Now we've got, you know, these tens of thousands of people that will go from NFT LA, ETH Denver, Miami mm -hmm. NFT Week, come to NFT NYC. But these events are very spread out. So you find yourself running from event to event to event, and you miss out on one talk, you miss out on meeting that celebrity, you see somebody that like posted that they met somebody famous, and you're like, I was just there, why didn't I see that person? So for me, I like to bring everything back to core. Let's do everything in-house. Let's make it really granular. Let's make this something that's very special. If you know, you know. If you're in, you're in. If you're not, once we meet fire code, you can't be in. That doesn't mean we don't want you. You'll just have to get in a little earlier next time to make it happen. It's always in complement to, because with NFT VIP, 
Jimmy Buffett loves a good tailgate party. So he likes to get the party started. He likes to do a good pregame. So we have the 19th and 20th. That's the two days before NFT NYC. Mm -hmm. So someone who comes to NFT NYC is going to be able to get a little surf and turf. They get to come to the two days before, do a little pregame, get their feet wet, meet some politicians that actually can make the policy changes that we need, can be a part of the conversation to make that happen, can meet someone who can fund their project, can meet someone who maybe is a developer or a coder or someone who can help them understand about marketing and branding. And you're not left up to circumstance of meeting that awesome person in a coffee line when you go to a grand event like NFT NYC, which is still doable. And But there's over 11 stages. There's going to be 15,000, 1,500, excuse me, 1,500 speakers plus at NFT NYC. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a room full of 40 speakers, I'm probably going to meet those 40 speakers. If I'm somewhere where there's 1,500 speakers and potentially 10,000 people, I might be lucky in a coffee line to meet someone who's like-minded. And you, you know, I am, we do, that's, that's who we are. We'll always meet like-minded right. people. But what if I'm someone who's an introvert and I don't really know how to meet people, but I want to show up. When you come to NFT VIP, we know your name. And I'm going to say to you, hey, Julie, do you know John? I think you guys are doing something similar. You guys have something to talk about. You're always going to get that introduction to the next person who's part of your tribe. And if you bring your value-based system to Margaritaville, everybody knows your name. We know what you like, how you like your coffee. Maybe if you're someone who likes to drink, then we know how you like your cocktail because it's five o'clock somewhere. We have a pool. We have the only pool in Times Square that's an outside roof deck pool that has our stage and our LCD screen, which is where our panelists are. We've got our trade share space. We actually have, we've invited all of the other entities to come in and, and share in the trade share space where they can teach people. We've got NFT BZL, which is a Miami entity coming into our trade share space to, to share with the people who are attending about the event that they're doing, because we believe that we're all sister and brother cities to each other to be able to work together. You know, the only time that it's in competition is when you have the exact same days and the exact same time, then people have to decide where they're going to go. We didn't want people to have to make that decision. Show up early, pregame with us, set your intentions, and then go off to NFT NYC because it becomes NFT week in New York. And on top of that, what's really awesome is after NFT NYC is the whole DAO movement that's coming through. So the 24th through the 26th is all DAO New York. So that's a whole nother level of understanding about decentralized autonomous organizations that give you the opportunity for fractionalized ownership in groups that don't have one entity that's a governance. It's really quite special what's been happening in New York. Like you already know, the fashion game, has, when, you, when you were speaking about it, that's pretty much moved too. You know, mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing IMG move, move offices or just having some of the top models in LA is, uh, I mean, I knew that was going to happen eventually when Tyra Banks said top model. Um, and then, you know, Naomi Campbell follows suit with another show that kind of failed and Heidi Klum was on air. So, you know, the, the industry is changing. Like you said, New York is going to be, it already is desolate. Midtown doesn't have anybody in the shops. Yeah, I go to Koreatown sometimes. I think it's, uh, it's to, to Julie's point, uh, just hearing you share that story and your intention about behind that, uh, I think your, your, your event's going to be the bridge. Because uh, that was some of uh, uh, my opportunities that, you know, even bond that uh, we shared together in the, in the sense of it was so scattered all over the place. 
and to have everyone in one room and be in that bridge for the event, I think it's great. I think you're definitely solving uh, a, a, a need. So that, you know, it did fall on deaf ears. So that was, uh, congratulations. And I'm excited. I would love, love came yeah. to go. And congratulations on not trying to create any strife for the other organizations, right. because I know that could easily happen with the organizers, because we've done, we know, we all bump heads with the people. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, listen, you know, there's fault to actors everywhere, right? You know, we all have to watch out for each other. My phone's always on. People can reach me via socials. You know, there's fake accounts get added with my name. But, you know, we're getting smart. If, if you hear from me that I want to teach you about cryptocurrency and you can buy the, I'm not teaching you about cryptocurrency online. That's not happening, right? You know, if you want to buy my new coin, that's not happening. That's not me. That's a fake account, right? But right, if right. you if you come meet me and I say, listen, I want to introduce you to Crypto Mondays. These are your people. Talk to them. Ask the questions. I'm going to lead somebody to asking a question. I'm generally not going to be, if you're a client of mine, I'll solve a problem for you. But if you're someone who wants to pay attention to what we're talking about, I want people to ask the questions. And that's really important is that we keep asking the questions. So, you know, you mentioned something about showing up. What I love is that we're providing a space for people to show up. But you know what? Let's say after two or three hours, you get tired of talking to people at Margaritaville. Go away. Go do something else. Go to Ape Fest. Go meet that cute guy or that pretty girl, you know, at the coffee shop down around the corner. Go to their party, whatever. I'm going to tell you, you're still going to come back at midnight and swim in the pool with Rolling Stone, with your favorite bartender that knows your name. Margaritaville becomes your homing spot you come back if you're part of the 30s club that's our super whale club we have super whale tickets that allow you full access to all of the activated floors plus personal access to the 31st and 32nd floor our 30s club it is a super whale you can go whale hunting up there boy it is really we only have space for 200 people to be in those two places the 31st and the 32nd floor and no matter who you turn to you're like oh oh your family agency oh you're venture capitalist. Oh, you're you're someone who you know is part of doing making a successful project work. So we really wanted to make sure there was a full range of experiences from our um, you know our friends who are part of the boys and girls club or part of teaching uh, young kids you know in in like in Harlem. We work with also Crypto Mondays in Harlem, bringing mm. people down. We have a couple of our super whales have scholarshiped in. Um, some people in underserved communities to come in and actually learn about NFTs. So just because you don't have access to privilege doesn't mean that you shouldn't be invited to be a part of something that can teach you how you can build your own space. And I just think that we shouldn't be limited because we have access to, again, film, fashion. Oh, and that's another part of it. We're showing, we're showing a film which is called Not a JPEG, which is behind the scenes. Um, done by Meta Citizen. We're also Robert Rodriguez, his sister Patricia Vaughn is showing her con her best winner of con film short called Deep Hollow. So we're doing a combination of again film, fashion, music, marketing, tax, law, B two B, blockchain, metaverse. Really having that conversation that how we can bring Web three into our daily lives. The only thing we didn't completely tap into. Um, which I just I just didn't decide to go in that direction. We can always have a personal conversation about it. Is real estate? I love the idea about Web three yeah, real estate. But good. you know, we'll save that for next time, right? Right. Or we'll have yeah. our personal conversations about that for sure. But also, um, are you guys doing anything in the space of food or um, 
is food, oh, and travel. I know a lot of destinations use NFTs as keepsakes. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the destination, you own a part of the, you know, own a part of the island or the hotel. So a lot of sure. people are doing that as well. I'm not personally, but we do have a couple of our sponsors that are bringing that in. We do have a sponsor called Crypto Concierge. They are doing a champagne and caviar tasting in our whale space on one of the days. And they're very big into making sure that no matter what you need, do you need that private jet, that private plane, partial ownership in something? Once you're a part of, you know, knowing that you do have access um, to all of their concierge services. And, you know, the travel agency is really getting into fractionalized ownership. You mm -hmm. take away, it's, it's a modern day version of a timeshare. You know, I mean, some people love their timeshares. Some people want to get out of their timeshares. But what's great about the blockchain is all you have to do is put your share of your quote, if you, you know, on the open market and you can sell it pretty quick and pretty fast with, you know, that's what's fast about cryptocurrency and selling things as NFTs is it's pretty much instant. So if you didn't like being a part of the DAO or a part of this, you know, timeshare environment that is set up, you just sell your portion on the open market. Someone picks up, they want to be a part of it because most of these entities have very finite amounts of people that they can service. Once the doors are closed, the doors close. Um, right. But in, in our case, that the exact opposite is true. Once the doors close, our um, work just begins because we have a very big media arm. That's why 360 is one of our media partners is a big portion of what we're doing and representing uh, to not only our sponsors, but also people understanding from a marketing standpoint, we partnered up with iHeartRadio and Crypto Radio Networks. It's on USA Radio Network. Huffington Post, The New York Times, CNN, CNBC, Yahoo, Bloomberg are all coming to find that next story. And I ask people the question, are you the next story? And if you don't know if you're the next story, let's talk about how we can make that next story for you because your story is worth being heard. That's beautiful. Do you feel like, uh, is there anything else you would like to add that we haven't, uh, again? We have five floors of activations. It's over four days. It's June 19th and June 20th all day long and all night long. So from nine in the morning until 2 a.m., June 19th and June 20th. And then the evenings of the 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. We're celebrating on the 19th. We're celebrating culture and heritage. We're celebrating Juneteenth. It's important for me, even though I do not agree with the horrific history that we have making people do something against their will. I don't believe it. I've always believed in free will. If someone wants to work for the wage they choose to work for the reasons they need to, that's their business, not mine. Um, and But it's important for me to celebrate and remember and bring in my friends that can help me understand so history does not repeat itself. Because I will not allow history to repeat itself. Not when I'm part of this, it just will not happen. So we're celebrating culture and heritage, the artists that are a big part of my life and have made my life function and work, of course, you know, from designers to stylists to friends to obviously 360 magazine coming in and supporting what it means to be you know a person of color in the space and in media you know the, we need to have a room where when we walk in we don't look like each other and we can share in a message that is of love and light so that's on the 19th we're also remembering that june 19th is father's day so we're celebrating juneteenth we're celebrating father's day because without our dads that have created generation after generation of family legacy we wouldn't have the opportunity as women for our voices to be elevated because we all end up working together so i don't discount the men we're really celebrating our fathers on the 20th um we're celebrating you know again we're celebrating crypto mondays our meta citizen movie um, we've got our, you know, our, our parties and our events. And during the day, we're doing trade share spaces during the day. 
So it's not really a trade show space, it's a trade share. Every one of our sponsors that's in there that takes a space, that takes a booth space, they've committed every 15 to 20 minutes to teach somebody that's in front of them or the group of people, it could be two people, it could be 200 people in front of them and teach them about marketing, branding, coding, Um, uh, maybe maybe they're doing a job fair, maybe they're hiring. That's a big deal. Right here in the Web3 environment, there's a lot of room for employment. And you don't have to have the education in Web3 traditional collegiate education, although at times it does help. The thing about college, some people poo-poo the idea of it in Web3. The one thing about college that I found is that it taught you to be consistent. It taught you to show up. It taught you to connect with other members in the community. And it made you think outside the box and hold yourself accountable for being um, a, a human being. And now we can also find that we don't, many people don't have to go to college to get that. And in the Web3 space, you don't specifically need a college education. You can come and start working, um, especially in you know, being a community manager, someone who's working in maybe Discord or Twitter or social media. You know, once you have fire in the belly, you can't quantify um, you know, uh, someone if you have fire in the belly, to me, that's far greater than a degree on the wall. Uh, so I always like to work with fire in the belly people. So Margaritaville, June 19th through 22nd, and the Margaritaville Resort, uh, Jimmy Buffett's poolside oasis is on 40th and 7th Avenue, right in the heart of Times Square. We have five floors of activations, um, over a thousand attendees. We're almost sold out with tickets. So if somebody wants to come get them, they can. Um, we have uh, a few that are left and You know, we do have a few sponsorship spots that are left. So if somebody wanted to sponsor the event, you know, we can find room to put them in and make it happen. And that's really important to me is making sure that uh, no matter what somebody's budget is, that if they have a voice and they would like to share their mission, um, we're ready to amplify it for them. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for taking time out your busy schedule, for explaining to us and everyone else about NFTs. But thanks so much for doing that. And also thanks for creating an opportunity in a space for people who, like you said, are like-minded, who are creative types that need to be around someone like yourself to be cultivated um, and to, to learn Absolutely. and to learn from one another about, you know, what's going on in Jay's market and how they're going to be able to maneuver in the future. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, they reinvent themselves. Yeah. A lot of people are different. You know, some people are, a lot of people are not diversifying their portfolio, right. so, so to speak. I'm like, okay, you had a, you you talk about crypto, you do stock market, but you don't have an NFT. You know, you, you still want to get life insurance. You still want to, yeah. There's certain things I still want to have for my, you know, for my child. But um, that's not for everybody. But uh, but one thing's for sure is I love I love the fact that you're choosing in a space that is you know and that people rarely touch on, and it's so unfortunate. All the record labels are all over. You know, Solana. Um, you already know Universal, Bank of America is doing Solana. It's just so interesting to see, you know, that you're going after the um, a whole niche market that no one's really typed, typed on, which is really awesome. Let's talk about the next generation of the niche market. Let's talk about climate right, change yeah. and NFTs. Do you know yeah. there isn't anybody talking about climate change and NFTs other than people complaining about it, pulling on like, you know, electricity. So guess yeah. what? Let's have a conversation about that. Let's right. bring in people who are climate change leaders. Let's find out how we can make do instead of proof of work, proof of stake. Let's have these conversations. And guess what? At that table, it's going to at least be as many women as I can get there. It's going to be at least as many as underserved communities that I can. Because, you know, I mean, the idea of, again, I just like to look around the table and not see anybody else who looks like me. Because 
I don't want yes people. I want someone to challenge me with my thoughts. And I'm also going to honor the heritage and the legacy of my um, like forefathers and foremothers, if you will, um, and know that, you know, I don't want history to repeat itself. And it's only going to not repeat itself unless I take the reins myself personally, the personal responsibility to help shift the narrative that we are not limited by age, gender, socioeconomic status, um, racial uh, or anything ethnic or, um, or generational. That's really important. If I'm gonna support kids in the arts, like I mentioned, I'm gonna support older people coming back in. How beautiful is it that grandmas are getting their first NFTs so they can talk to their grandkids at the right. dinner table. They've never been able to have those conversations before. They're always conversations. Hey, Junior, get off of the iPad. Right. Right. But now it's like, hey, Junior, show me. The, what should right. Grandma get what today for the her? NFT? <laughs> Which right. one should she get? Right. Oh, Grandma's going to get the new Gucci glasses because we can put them on your avatar. Okay, great. Let's go What's in and the get them. What's the magazine? Animal series NFT. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, Steve. And I guess, you know, you have a wonderful weekend. We want to speak to you. Thank you so much, Armand. Great to meet you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Bye, guys.